Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Charlie. And hi, I'm Jess. And this week we'll be talking about the penultimate race of the 2020 season at the Sakia Grand Prix, held in Bahrain for the second time this season. This time it was the use of the outer ring or the kind of oval layout that the drivers were debating about. Uh, it's uh, typically a faster track than the last one. Lap times were, I think, in qualifying about 54 seconds and in the race about 58. Um, so, yeah, just under a minute for those. There was heartbreak for Mercedes, George Russell and practically every British motorsport fan ever as Russell came in ninth with his debut Mercedes after dominating a majority of the race for only Mercedes to mess up. Let's let's start with George Russell and kind of what became of him, of course, with everything, the chain of events that's happened this week. There was a load of drama. and I, think, I want to start off by saying I think all the new drivers did especially well this weekend, I think. Especially when you look at likes of uh, Fittipaldi, who barely had any time in the car. Jack Aitken was regularly in the race quicker than, you know, world champion Kimi Raikkonen. Um, of course, George was, you know, deserved winner, but it didn't pan out that way. And you've got to question what was going on at Mercedes. I think this is the third time that Netflix have been filming them on the weekend. Uh, and then it's all gone to pot with last year in Russia went particularly badly for them and the, the year before that was of course Germany when they all turned up in lederhosen and period outfits and looked a bit weird but you know I think it looks like from what Twitter was saying the outcry was definitely that George it was George's race to win I mean even once they messed up the tyres and he came back out in about fifth or sixth he was well on the way to getting that win I mean he had three seconds to close on Perez in the last 15 laps and then it all went all went downhill again yeah just to give everyone a run through in case you haven't seen it or weren't aware or were living in a cave or under a rock um lewis hamilton tested positive for covid19 at the start of the week and basically was replaced by the amazing brit george russell who basically races for williams on a normal weekend but mercedes this weekend um, he came second in qualifying and was literally pipped to the post by a te four tenths of a second by his now teammate Valtteri Bottas. He then took the lead from him at the start of the race and everyone thought that was amazing. He then came to pit after being dominant throughout the entire race so far till about, was it lap 37, I want to say? Yeah, something like that. Something I know it was like just after the, um, it was the Aitken incident which yes. I, I don't know how he managed to keep going, but that's a whole different. I mean, he he crashed in a in a brilliant place if you were going to, because all he had to do was just dive into the pits. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was, pre it was pretty good timing from him. Yeah. Basically, they went into the pits and Mercedes double stacked, which is when one driver goes in for a for a pit and then another driver comes in and basically they want to get it so that it becomes a fluid movement. And Mercedes are good at that. They've done it in the past. They, they'll probably do it again in the future, maybe in a few years, but they're good at that. That's what they do. They're used to doing it because both of their drivers are often next to each other, only seconds apart, if that. So they're used to doing it. But just this time, it didn't really play out for them. Um, Bottas and George basically got each other's tyres and Bottas, bless him, ended up going out on the same set of tyres that he came in with. They didn't change the tyres. They just took the tyres off and put them back on again. So how that happened, I don't know. It was... I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but it was mind-boggling to watch. 
but basically he then went back out again had a slow puncture and that was the end of the race from him and he ended up in ninth <laughs> yeah it was quite a hectic pit stop window in the first place really wasn't it because you had um was it carlos Sainz and daniel ricardo dived into the pits when the safety was it the virtual safety car or the safety car had just ended virtual safety um, for car. the first time round which you could have argued that it could have been those two on the top two steps of the podium yeah if they'd have just kept their cool but you know it didn't go their way i think carlos Sainz post-race was quite annoyed with himself um but i think equally sergio perez deserved that win he yeah. was in the latest to come from a crash that necessarily wasn't his fault. He may attribute some of the blame with the likes of Leclerc and Verstappen was just kind of a passenger in the whole thing. But to fight back from 20th to win the race on your 190th and potentially second to last race of your career, um, definitely, you know, it gives him a massive leg up for what he wants to do next year. He's holding a fair few cards I think more cards than people anticipated he would be holding yeah um, it's just more leverage in negotiations now but I think I know the likes of Albon will also be looking at that seat because at the end of the day he's been consistent as well it's hard going up against Verstappen when you don't get necessarily allegedly the backing that Verstappen gets or the treatment that Verstappen gets you know Christian Horner's very Got, he's got his favourites. He's always had his favourites, whether it's been Vettel or Verstappen or any driver like that. And it's just hard to see. Perez won't be the driver to sit there and take it like Albon will. No, I mean, at the end of the day, it's Max Verstappen's car and Alex Albon is just driving in it. Yeah. <laughs> and that needs to change in order to yeah. make any driver workable. Yeah, exactly. I think Perez said something along the lines of um, the fact that I don't have a seat for next year outlies that the best drivers aren't on the grid or something like that, which I thought was quite strong from Shade. Sergio. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with him in a way when you look at it. The issue is that there's such a golfing quality that if you put a driver like Sergio in a Alpha Tauri or in a Sauber, for example, if Kimi didn't add another season on, um, you're not going to get the same driver. The whole point is that that racing point is an unbelievable car, and they've done, they've always done pretty well with the budget they've been given, whether it was at the Force India stage or the transitioning stage. Um, they've always got very good bang for their buck, and I think that having a driver like Sergio on board now, they've got all the backing from, you know. Big Daddy Stroll and Aston Martin. It's it's all a bit null and void. They didn't need him as much then. No. Um, but it'll definitely be interesting to see what Aston Martin can do next year without the likes of Checo. Because regard, he's a very good driver, but he's also got all that experience. He's uh, yesterday, uh, yeah, he's he, yesterday was his 190th GP. Um, to have a driver with 100, I know they're getting Seb in, and it's a different different character to have in the car Seb I think is a lot more level-headed now um, than he used to be I think Sergio's still got a bit of fight about him but you've got to think that they're um they've got a bit of a passenger in Lance Stroll who probably should have got a little bit more out of this race in my opinion I completely agree with that I mean everyone kind of forgot that Lance Stroll came third blessing which is a shame but on the other hand I do also believe that he was you know, he was just there by luck more than by good race quality. And that's a shame. And I also do feel really sorry for Carlos Sites again, because it, he could have got past Stroll, I think. I wish he'd have really gone for it, because when you saw him on that last lap and coming around the last corner, he was so close to him that they pretty much came out equal. 
And I just thought, oh, for God's sake, just yeah. go for it. <laughs> I thought Esteban Ocon drove a brilliant race as well. It was definitely one of the biggest surprises, I think, so far this year that he's managed to grab. It was a really good drive from him. He managed to pull out a gap on Stroll eventually. Took him a few laps, but he did it. And, you know, I think the Ferrari-powered cars struggled massively. You know, Aitken was making quite easy work of a lot of them in a Williams that it's got a good engine, but aerodynamically it's a bit of a brick. Yeah, it's not, you know, if Ferrari needs to pick it up for next year, Bahrain was a track where they were massively handy last year. Um, mm. And you would have thought that with the engine they had last year in the current car on this track, it would have been a, a much easier result for them. But I think it would have been a much more interesting race if Verstappen and Leclerc were both in it throughout. I think that oh, yeah. it's a very Verstappen track Verstappen where he can be aggressive. First. But I think give props to Charles for just dragging that car to fourth place for the start I think it was definitely not something everybody could do yeah I completely agree and I think he, he I mean I think Charles is generally very really good in that car he learned he knows how to get the best out of it and I think he's learned throughout the year that it, it is a brick of a car at the moment in all aspects but he does know how to drag it kicking and screaming around a track so he is getting he is getting better for him, and so hopefully next year he can really really hone that in so that it does become a racing car again. <laughs> so Chris, in regards to the um, racing point, I know you had a question about you know communication. I believe it was between teammates. Yeah. So um, obviously in this race now Hamilton was out of it. It meant it might actually be a good race and other people could win. So I, I saw racing point the pink team. Um, I think it was in like lap 10 or 15, somewhere in the middle. They, I think they had like fourth or fifth or fifth and sixth together. And then the way I thought it would work is if, if they're a team, they'd be working together to like slipstream and work their way up the pack together. But he just seemed to do his his teammate over, go up him on the inside of a corner and just disappear and then work his way up the pack by himself. And I wondered whether... Was, did he like go out on his own? Like, did he like ditch his mate for himself and he was told to keep going, or do they get told by the people in their ears that they're meant to like work together and they have like a racing plan? It differs from team to team, driver to driver, and track to track. Basically, in the kind of ten years ago, it was a lot more, um, you know, notable. You could see it a lot easier. There were clear and defined first and second drivers, and the first driver would always be prioritised. And, you know, that's you, you don't dispute it. I mean, there was the likes of the Rubens Barrichello and Schumacher incident at the American Grand Prix where Rubens was winning the entire thing. And on the last lap, on the last straight, he was told to slow down so Michael could pass him. Um, you've also got the Vettel and Weber incident, the infamous Multi-21, which I assume is some kind of code for Red Bull, um, where Seb should have let Mark Weber pass, and he didn't. He ended up winning the race, and there was quite a strong exchange in the um in the after race kind of room where they go but typically um on a track like this one where there's a lot of straights there would have been a lot of i think it is or drafting whatever yeah whatever you want to call it uh, i know it happened in i think it's qualifying with carlos science and george russell um they gave each other a toe down the straight which will just increase their straight line speed in a little bit not too much but on a track like this it would definitely have made a difference but on the whole it just depends on what team it is at the end of the day I think it was Sergio who was behind Lance at the time and Sergio was just quicker they weren't gonna 
sacrifice no matter who Lance Stroll is, whether he is the far, uh, the son of the owner of the team or whatever, Sergio's the quicker guy, so they just let him go. Yeah, and who a team I think you see doing it often throughout the season is the likes of Renault. They quite because they are a midfield team and they are often placed next to each other, so they'll be a ninth and tenth, or you know eighth and ninth on a bad day, and they will often swap drivers depending on who's got the fresher tyres. So it is often, it is just down to kind of tactically what would be best. You don't want your teammate holding you up. You don't want to have to overtake them. You want to pass them. So they do communicate like that. And they do say things like, you know, let Ricardo pass or let Ocon pass. And sometimes the teammates aren't particularly happy about it, but it's just one of the things that has to be done in order to progress really. So yeah, teams do it a lot. That definitely makes sense in like the middle of the track when you're in like, well, the middle of the laps and it's like, oh, they're faster, let them go. I can definitely understand on like the last corner or the last straight. If you can see the finish line, you think you can beat your mate. I could understand that. (laughs) So next weekend, last race of the year. Uh, It's a little bit later than usual, I think, isn't it? The season's usually over by the kind of first week of December. So um, luckily we're in Abu Dhabi. It's quite, quite warm over there still. Um, but it's one of the another night race. Typically, um, they'll have a load of fireworks going off at the end of it. And most likely we'll see if Hamilton's driving, we'll see him do some donuts on the track or whatever. Um, but yeah, on the whole, it's a bit it's, it's a bit of a different track than Bahrain. It's a bit more intricate at times. It's not necessarily among motorsports fans the most exciting of tracks, I think is fair to say. Um, but it still provides a great finale. So I'll go first with predictions. I think <laughs> it will be a Mercedes 1-2 again, because why wouldn't it be? Whoa, you have to give the driver. Oh, but we don't know who's going to drive yet. You have yet. to give the driver. It will be either Perez, uh, not Perez, um, it will either be Russell, Bottas or Hamilton in first. And Russell, yeah, you have to Bottas pick one of them. That's not Okay, bad. so Bottas in second. And then Hamilton slash Russell, whoever's in the other Mercedes. No. In I can't, I'm not a medic. I can't go to Lewis Hamilton and give him a once over. It's, it's one of the other, whoever's in the other Mercedes will win. Basically, the winner won't be Valtteri Bottas. And then Charlie third, doesn't count. He didn't pick a driver. And then <laughs> first, third place will be Verstappen. God, well, I am going to go for... George Russell in first, and I never thought I'd say that, so I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go for Verstappen in second and Bottas in third. Okay, I'm going to go with, I think Bottas will take it, because he looked like he was doing strong in the race before his tyres got messed up. Uh, And then I'm going to go with the two racing point guys, because I hope they can figure it out and um, stop dicking each other over (laughs) brilliant yeah i'm pretty that's pretty strong i think it's quite good they managed to bounce back from last week in bahrain so you know if they can uh they can make it another another couple of podium positions then go for it one more prediction i think we should do is is lewis hamilton gonna drive next week and i'm gonna say no because he's got to pull out four negative tests if they can be done every five minutes, then that's fine. But if that's every day, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to go with no as well. From what I've heard, um, I think 
Oh, who was Toto Wolf said that he was looking not particularly well, but he said in the race after uh, after the race yesterday that he was looking a bit better. But apparently, um, Hamilton said today he still feels a bit rough or you know something along those lines. So yeah, it'd be nice to see Aitken, Fittipaldi, and Russell all back in their respective cars um, and just get a bit of a different challenge. Go on, yeah, Chris. I think uh, I, I well, I hope he he I hope he gets well. I hope he fully recovers. I just hope he doesn't fully recover in time for next the next race. <laughs> One I'm more enjoying the race. Actually, that one. Just thought of it. Who's going to come fourth in uh, third in the constructors? Oh, don't do this to me! Don't do this it's, to me. It's, it, Renault's still in it, aren't they? Just about. Um, yeah. Or they need a miracle, but. Um, I'm going to go for McLaren. I'm also going to go for McLaren. I'm a massive McLaren fanboy. I don't know what the constructors are, but I will go with McLaren. <laughs> That's fine. Right, clean sweep for McLaren then. Brilliant. Well, right. there we go then. That's what we have of it. Yeah. McLaren. Massive right fanboys over here. Yeah, I know. Can you tell we love McLaren? <laughs> love you. <laughs> See you next week. See you next okay. week. Bye. Bye. Bye.